This is the Living in Fierce Alignment podcast, your go-to place for mindset transformation, self-empowerment, and personal development. I'm your host, Kayla. I'm a mindset coach for ambitious human beings who are wildly passionate about up-leveling themselves so that they can live a limitless life with ease. I'm here to show you how to create the life of your dreams and powerfully step into your full potential, and of course, live fiercely. So let's get started. Welcome back to the Living in Fierce Alignment channel. My name is Kayla and I am your podcast host. Today I am interviewing a dear friend and coach of mine. She coached me a couple years ago and I invited her on because I wanted her to share her personal story of how she's grown and scaled her business and we're also just going to be chatting about mindset. Okay, Lauren, I'm so excited to have you back on the channel and I'm really excited today that we're going to be chatting about your journey and also we're going to be chatting about money but before we dive into that I would love if you can share about yourself and just you know tell us what you're up to tell us what you love doing and we're just going to take the conversation from there. Yeah, well, thanks for having me back, Kayla. This is awesome, sort of full circle. I can't remember when I was last. It was probably around over a year ago anyways. Yeah, I, I think it was it might've been in 2018, 2018, 2019. I think it's actually been a while. Wow. Okay. Uh, awesome. Well, a lot has changed. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, my name is Lauren Saunders. I am a business mentor. Uh, I live and work in Toronto, Ontario, and I predominantly work with people who also have online businesses, coaches, course creators, content creators, people like Kayla. Um, we've actually worked together in the past and sort of my specialty and what I'm really obsessed with talking about is you know, helping people to bring together energetic alignment with intentional and authentic strategy, right? Because there has to be both. And I think a lot of the time we hear all marketing or we hear all mindset and manifestation. And what I've really worked on, you know, developing an understanding of is how to bring those things together to really propel ourselves and our businesses, you know, and, and really create entirely different lives for ourselves through our businesses and, and through mindset, through manifestation, but also knowing how to show up powerfully. So yeah, that's what I do in a nutshell. Um, I don't know. Was that your whole question? Sorry. I can't remember. (laughs) Yeah, no, I just wanted you to share about who you are, what you do. And I really love what you just shared specifically on how, you know, you, really bring the worlds together for business owners and just for people in general too. I know that there's other courses and services that you offer that aren't always business related. And because, so the audience knows I've known Lauren since it was September, 2018. So it's been almost three years. So I've literally seen your entire journey unfold and just from where you were to where you are now. And I love your story so much because you have really authentically shared, you know, all the turbulence that you've been through, the things that work, the things that don't like, there's just such a deep level of integrity and authenticity in what you're doing. And that's why like you're one of my favorite people to follow online because there's just no bullshit. <laughs> yeah. I think, um, I mean, it's been quite the journey and it is funny cause you did, I, I had started my business when you, when I met you, but I was still sort of in the turbulence as you speak about. Um, but I really just tried. I remember when I was newer to my business, I felt like I had such a hard time finding people who were just honest about the harder parts of entrepreneurship of which there are many. And I really made myself wrong for the fact that I, you know, I didn't manifest tens of thousands of dollars overnight. It didn't take 
a long time looking back, but I was really in a lot of emotional struggle around making money and stressing about money and figuring out, you know, how to progress in my business, despite giving it everything that I had for the better part of a year. And I just couldn't find people that were being honest about it. So I, I felt like I was, must be doing something wrong because I don't have a six figure business yet. When in reality, it's that I think a lot of people, this has changed, but a lot of people really kind of put just this very pretty picture up of what entrepreneurship is. And it's just, it doesn't serve anyone because then we all, we're just constantly feeling like, well, if I don't have six figures yet, or if I don't make a million dollars in two years, I must be doing it wrong. No, not at all. Right. So I've been sharing since the early days and things have definitely shifted for me. And that's one of the things I really like about my story is that I, uh, People can go back and, you know, listen to my earlier podcast episodes where I wasn't making any money and kind of really follow along the journey, you know, up until this point. Yeah, no, I I love everything you said. And I think it's so important because it's almost like people jump ship from the corporate world to go into the entrepreneurial realm because it's like financial freedom and creativity and, you know, this and that and the other. And then it's like, it's actually challenging in a good way. I'm not saying that to manifest challenge through the process, but it is challenging in in a way that there's things that you have to learn in order to have what it is that you want. And I think you're right. This is like such a piece of the coaching world and just the online business world of, you know, it having to look like we have all of our shit figured out and that we made it, you know, if you made it work quick from the beginning, then you did it right. And if it takes you two or three years to figure it out, then you're doing something wrong. And it's like, this becomes like a sales tactic. And it's just this, it's just rooted in scarcity. I really think too, that there's now such a need for people to share their authentic journey. Like I have made more money sharing my struggle, I feel, than I ever could have if this had taken off for me really, really quickly. Because people resonate so much with the struggle, but I don't want to call it struggle, but you know what I mean? Like the time when it, when I when it was hard, um, than I ever could have if there hadn't been any struggle. And I create so many of my offers around what I learned during that time and helping people through it and giving them what I wasn't seeing anywhere else, if that makes sense. Like I, I couldn't find people that I was able, that were able to help me get out of that because no one was really talking about it. So I actually think if you're someone who it's taking two, three, four years to get to where you want to go, great. You're going to be able to help so many people. It's going to be a huge asset for you. Yeah. And you know, what's funny. This is like what you just said is my world. Like I am honest online that I'm still working a nine to five that supports me in growing my business. And, you know, I've been shipping away at this for two years and I have had to let go of the shame of, oh, Kayla, you don't have it figured out yet. You're not full-time in coaching. And then I really realized that I was putting this heaviness onto it. Like, oh, Kayla, you're not worthy or you're not actually a coach unless you're full-time in your business. And I was like, that's a load of shit. You know, you can still help people while you're figuring your own stuff out, there's always going to be, you know, that, that possibility of being able to relate to someone with right where they're at. And that's why, you know, you hear people say, you know, where you're at is perfect. And it literally is because there's always going to be someone who wants to be where you are. And then you're always looking ahead to see where you want to go. And there's just, it's, it's just a cycle of life, especially when it comes to personal growth and business and making money. And I think, I think this is being, forgotten and like overstepped in, you know, the world. And the thing is like, it's really just about the story that you have about everything, because I can promise you that nobody you follow, even if they're making $5 million a year, they don't have it all figured out, but they don't have a story that because they don't have it figured out, they can't make money. 
right? So, so like, I, there's so much stuff in my business that, like, I literally am spending the weekend putting all of my taxes for 2020 together because I did not do one single piece of it during the actual year, you know? And it's like, I just decided that that was okay, that I was going to get the help with it when the time came. And it didn't have to mean that I couldn't make lots of money in 2020, which I did. Um, but somebody else could use that as a reason as to like, oh, I don't have it figured out and I don't know what I'm doing and I'm screwing everything up and I can't make money because of this. And it's like, it's, it's not, none of those things are true. It's the story that you're writing and what you're making it mean about your ability. So if you're saying, well, I didn't make six figures in my first year, which by the way, pretty much nobody does or some version of that. If you're making that mean you can't be successful, then you won't be, but you could make that mean that you're going to be the best thing since sliced bread in the coaching industry, you know, because there will be so many people that are able to resonate with you and they'll be like, oh my gosh, this Kayla girl, like she just resonates with me because it was a slow build for her. Not even, I mean, what is slow? Two years? It's not, it's not slow, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like I've been honest about the fact that you've been plugging away at it and you've continued to show up and that will be the message that people are looking for. So you could literally make that mean that you're going to be more successful than you ever thought possible because of that. But we always get to choose what it means for us, right? Yes. And I know that that's a lot of, you know, for example, I did mind magic. I know that you and Tara do this together. I did this for six months and it was all about rewriting the story and, you know, looking for the evidence and changing the lens of how you see your life or whatever area of life it is that you're focusing on. And so I would love if we could actually dive back a little bit and just to contrast from where you are now to when you started if you look at your money mindset, say a couple of years ago, like what was that paradigm like? And then we can kind of go into the journey, like the work that you did to get to where you are now and like where you're heading. Yeah. Like I certainly don't have money mindset all figured out, right? Like nobody, cause there's just always things to expand on and work through. And I still, even last month, I've really been working on growing my team and I, took on a lot of new financial commitments last month that at the end of the month had me be like, am I going to be able to pay for everything? And there was no issue, but that came up for like a day, you know, like, so I think we always just think that all of our problems around money will go away with more. And it's just not the case because I make substantially more money than I used to. And I still have a lot of the same kinds of thoughts. Um, but in regards to, you know, where I used to be, I would say the, one of the biggest things that has shifted is that I don't necessarily make my money situation mean anything about me personally. So I don't, uh, you know, I used to have a lot of debt and actually I've gone back into debt this year to hire a really high level coach and we're really working on expanding my business in big, big ways. Uh, but now to me, debt is such a tool and it doesn't, there's no shame around it. There's no guilt around it. Whereas I used to, you know, I, I had debt from school and from starting my business and it was so significant. It was, it meant that I wasn't successful and it meant that, you know, I had been bad with money and it meant that like just all of this significant stuff. Now I don't have that story about it at all. So it doesn't prevent me from making money. Right. Um, so that would be one thing is like, I, and, and, you know, again, I can have a really, really successful month. Um, and I'm still choosing what that, that that doesn't have to mean anything about me because it, whether or not I make, you know, 35 K in a month or I make 10 K in a month, I'm still me. I'm still valuable. I'm still worth it no matter what. And so just really sort of separating money from who I am and what my value is and the story I have about it has been really, really 
helpful. I think that one of the things I've really done is I've normalized larger amounts of money. Uh, and, and a lot of that has been just surrounding myself with people who make more money or just being in those kinds of conversations. Uh, but to me at this point, like 20K really doesn't feel, it's, it's kind of like not enough <laughs> in a month because of my expenses and just where I'm at and where I'm going. Uh, whereas, you know, 20K three years ago seemed like the epitome of success, right? And so I've really changed my perception of money. I've allowed it to become easier for me in my mind. Uh, I have, you know, realized that there's no difference between me and someone making millions of dollars except our beliefs really like they're not better they're not they don't know anything that i don't necessarily know they're just further along the journey like i think we have to stop putting money on this big pedestal um so i've i've done a lot of that i've also gained a lot of trust where it's just over and over and over i'm willing to take action before i feel financially comfortable you know growing my team and hiring this coach and investing more in the business and moving into my dream place and over and over and over the money just always shows up because i I mostly trust that it will. So I have a lot of a much different understanding around like money is, uh, sorry, not necessarily understanding a belief system. It's always here for me. I don't have to, you know, worry for longer than a couple of hours about running out of money that still comes up. Right. But it's just, I take myself out of it really, really quickly. Um, and so, yeah, there's just like an energetic minimum around money that I've, that I've really worked on, I would say. I love everything that you just shared. And it's so funny because last night I was writing some Instagram posts for this month. And one of the ones that I was writing about was that money, like, like you said, we literally put money on a pedestal and there's this whole notion, you know, if you have money, then you're worthy. If you don't, then you must not be worthy. And I was just writing in this post, literally how money is like, we think that money is powerful, but without us, money is useless. It's literally a piece of fucking paper or it's numbers on a screen for your bank account. Yeah. And Which and then so money. Like it doesn't actually exist anywhere other than like in the ether. <laughs> like oh yeah. And and so I was like writing this last night and I was like, wow, like it was just a divine download the way I wrote this. I was like, we think that money is powerful, but it's the way that we use money that's powerful. And yeah. like you said, it's the stories and the beliefs that we have around money because, you know, we spend this time, let's say, putting money up on a pedestal. And I was looking up one of, uh, one of the money beliefs is like money is the root of all evil, but mm -hmm. actually it's, it's the, the love of money is the root of all evil. So then I started looking up the word love and there's a lot of synonyms for this, but there's the words that came up that struck me in this context were attachment and worship. And so if we are putting money on a pedestal and we're worshiping it and we're thinking that, oh, you know, when I, once I have this and then I'm, you know, it means that I'm that and so on, then we completely take our own power away of what we can actually do with money. And there's just this, I'm really noticing like in the human world, like we're just so conditioned to think that, you know, having money means certain things, not having it means other things. And yes, it is a tool. It does give accessibility. But at the end of the day, it really does come down to like that energetic relationship that you're talking about and having that energetic minimums. Like whether you're making 10K compared to 35K a month, you still share that I have these things come up. Like, am I going to have the money to pay for X, Y, and Z because I'm expanding? Like the beliefs still come up. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And like my other experience too, that like coming in more money and having a more financially free life, which I, I recommend for absolutely everyone. It is so worth it to do this work. 
but we imagine ourselves as being someone completely different when we have money. And the reality is, is that we're just not, we just like, you will still be who you are. You'll likely have a, well, you will have a different self-perception because you'll perceive yourself as being someone with money, right? That's why it's coming in in the first place. But like, I still am for myself that, ver like, I still have lots of insecurities. I still, like, I know the way people perceive me based on what I make is not the way that I think about myself. Like, it surprises me a lot of the time, the way people kind of describe like, oh, I follow you on Instagram and like, they, they are always so surprised to hear some of the things that I still think about myself, if that makes sense. Like they just, we just think that people with money have it all figured out and like, they're not human. And so the interesting thing in making more and more money has been just realizing like, I'm still just me. And like my next goal that I've really been working on and I'm structuring my whole business for is in a hundred thousand dollars in a month. Um, and I don't, there's a lot of peace around like it could manifest this month and it can manifest in, you know, the end of the year. It doesn't, it doesn't matter to me, but I'm under no, no like misconception that me with a hundred K in a month feels any differently about herself. I just have more options, right? My belief systems are different. I'm still going to be Lauren, you know, it's not going to change a lot for me in regards to how I feel about myself. And I think that's the thing that people make the mistake with they think that well when i have money i will be so glamorous and i'll feel this way and you know i'll be super confident it's the same thing as like losing weight right we've had experiences where we lose weight or we change something external but we're still left feeling the same on the inside or largely the same it's the same thing with money so for me i've that was a big shift that happened was i stopped putting so much of my like definition of success on how much money I was making. And instead was like, am I happy when I'm waking up? Do I enjoy what I'm doing? Am I working on, you know, more freedom in my business? Um, and then the money coming in is just a bonus to all of that. For, but for as long as I thought money was going to be the thing that created happiness, I just kept being like, cause I was hitting 10 K months and was still feeling just like, so like there must be something missing or I just need more. So now it's like, I have goals for more and for expansion, but it's not because I think it's going to make me happier or, or because I think it's going to make me more confident. All of that has to happen within me. Right. And then the money just gets to be like a fun byproduct because money is fun and good people with money do good things with it, you know? So, and I also recognize too, like, as I've been able to expand my team, me coming into alignment with more money directly benefits a lot of other people. And that feels really fun and, you know, really uh, just like something I want to be able to do more and more of. Totally. And one thing that you just said that I really love is, you know, you having more money means it, it is like an overflow to help other people. Right. So like you making more money in your business means that you help more, you know, female entrepreneurs or the people that you work with, they get to make more money too. Like it's, it's literally just this old paradigm and talking about, you know, corporate world or the patriarchy and just like privilege and all of that, like that it, it's, it's like a separate world. Whereas when people like us start doing the work and we start sharing, we start normalizing having money, then it actually creates an access point for other people. And this is like, this is huge, you know? Yeah. And one thing I'd say about that is like, we want to be careful anywhere where you're like, well, I want to make money so that I can help people. That, you know, is, is a beautiful thing. But I think a lot of people go there because they feel guilty about having their own desires around money. Right. So I, so I talk about making more money so that I can help more people, but I also talk a lot about all of the beautiful things I want to buy. And I drive around my stupid, expensive Mercedes that I drive once a week because we're in a pandemic. And like, you know, like I've always been very honest that I have 
desires for myself that I want to meet and whatever you need to release to feel worthy of those things. I guess I'm just saying that like a lot of people revert to the whole like, well, I just want to help people. That's why I want money. It's like trying to justify it because you don't actually feel worthy of, could you just say, I want to make a million dollars so that I could have all the things that I want. And if you can't get there, I would first look at where am I not letting myself feel worthy of these things, right? Because I first and foremost started this business for me because I wanted, you know, I love buying nice things. I love having, you know, incredible experiences. I love feeling free. And now that I've done a lot of those things for myself, I'm, I'm getting a lot of enjoyment from getting to share it with other people as well and seeing the possibility there. Uh, but first I allowed myself to be led by my very materialistic desires. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. And I had to do work around feeling worthy of them. Right. So I just wanted to, I think it's really important to look at if you're saying I want money so that I can help people. Are you also allowing yourself to have your own desires? Right. And that they might not be having a fancy car or anything, but I think we have to let ourselves want money for whatever reason it is and not make yourself wrong for any of that. Yeah. It, no, that's completely true. And I a hundred percent agree. I'm curious when, let's say when you're coaching clients and this conversation of worthiness comes up, cause this really does, this really is the key to unlocking, you know, just so much potential in any area of life. What are some of the things that you notice or common patterns or themes that you help your clients work through so that they can get to that point of having that, that freedom and experience with money? The work I often used to have people do, it has shifted, was um, I would have them really you know, start to write down just their own value, what they brought to their business, like really seeing their what they were putting out there in terms of offers and content is being very much worth people's time and investment. Uh, and I still think that there's a lot of value there or, or, you know, something to be said about that. But now it's like, we have to start believing that we are worthy simply because we are right. No conditions. No. And that was kind of what I was speaking to about, you know, wanting to help other people. It's a beautiful thing, but if that's you justifying why you're worthy, then you're not really going to the root of the cause. Right. So you know, what's in the way for believing? Like, so for me, I guess my worthiness, because it's looked sort of, I never had a lot of worthiness stuff. I don't think I always just kind of believed that I was capable of it. And that I also believe too, that like other women showing, um, what, what they created allowed me to give myself permission to go after it. And I know so many people have benefited. People benefit, people will, if you're listening to this and you're starting your own thing or you are already doing it, there's other people benefiting from that. Um, you know, they're being inspired. It's a whole ripple effect thing. But I think like it was more just undoing any, it's like, it, there's nothing, there's nothing to reprogram there. There's just things to let go of, right? So why do you feel not worthy? And then actually this was something I gave to a client a little while ago that I think is really powerful. I've really been getting into like inner child work lately. So the part of you that doesn't feel worthy is the part of you that was left without the love they felt they needed as a child or even growing up or even in your young adulthood. So, you know, if you have this reoccurring theme of unworthiness, I would really start pouring into the part of you that feels that way. And what that I think would look like is, and, and does look like is writing letters to that, that part of you that I call her like little Lauren, <laughs> you know, you could, you could name, name that part of you, but inner child work is about when you're young and you don't get the love that you 
you know, really need or wanted, you start to internalize that. And we have to do what's called reparenting, which is like really giving yourself well, I resisted this work for a long time because it felt too like woo-woo for me, <laughs> but it's been so transformational. You have to start giving yourself what you didn't get from others when you were young or what you're not getting from others now even. So I think that worthiness will come when you start to give the part of you that feels unworthy the time and attention that she's asking for. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. No, everything that you just said is a hundred percent makes sense. And this is actually something that I've been going into with one of my clients this morning. I had a coaching call with her and, you know, we were just talking about her experience, how, for example, when she was younger, she had a stronger relationship with her father and unfortunately didn't have a motherly connection with her mother. And, you know, as she's sharing with me and just sharing her experience and going on and on and talking about, you know, her just her experience with worthiness like I really pinned it back to the point I was like that moment when you went to your mother and you wanted to be nurtured and mothered and you weren't you made it mean that that loving and nurturing like that you weren't worthy of that or that it wasn't safe to ask for that because you got rejected and this entire pattern has played out in her life decades in relationship and how she overcompensated being a parent and just nurturing other people and not giving that love to her because she was literally imprinted as a child that it was not safe to be mothered or nurtured or to be worthy. And so she then overcompensated, right? Which is totally what you're speaking to when you talk about if you only want more money to help other people, there's like an entire layer of abundance being missed because you're so focused on other people. It's, it's almost like you're trying to fill the void of worthiness to give more to other people than taking care of yourself. Exactly. I think the example you just gave was perfect where it's like, there's nothing, I've really moved away from any kind of like fixing or even releasing. I think releasing happens naturally when the part of you that's been holding on to whatever it is gets healed. Right. And we heal through, so that your client, as an example, you know, she doesn't feel worthy because her parents, you know, it was their job to make them feel that way or make, sorry, make her feel that way or give her that. And, and either they didn't, or she perceived that they, that they didn't. Right. Cause sometimes when we're young, especially even, even as we get older, it's not so much that we weren't getting what we needed. It's that our story about it was like, and I'm not saying this about your client, cause I don't know, but it could be that, you know, I had a thing I had to work through where I was waiting. I was like eight or nine years old and I was waiting outside in the snow for my mom to come and get me after a piano lesson in the dark. And she'd forgotten, like she just drove home after work one day. And like, I have the most amazing parents, but for like years, like that was this, I remembered it. I remember crying out in the snow, <laughs> felt feeling so forgotten. So it's not that my parents didn't give me all the love in the world. It's that that was like a story that, that I didn't, my brain at that time didn't know how to process what had happened. And so that was like a worthiness thing or like a not good enough. I can't rely on people kind of thing, you know, that plus some other things that I categorized under that story. But anyway, so, you know, at the end of the day, what it comes down to is wherever it is that you weren't given what you really felt you needed and deserved, you have to start giving it to yourself because it, that's where things start to fall away um, in terms of feeling unworthy. We think there's like these things, I just got to dig down to the root of it and then I'll find it and then it will be released. And it's like, yes, but also just start giving that part of you the love she so desperately wants and doesn't feel like she got. And when you start doing that, you really start to integrate with that part of you 
It's actually some of like the most transformational mindset work I've done in terms of things shifting really quickly, where it's like, there's this part of me I neglected for ages and I made her wrong and I didn't want to feel anxious. I didn't want to feel unloved. I didn't want to feel like I couldn't rely on people. But once I started listening to that part of me, showing up for her, giving her those, that acknowledgement she was asking for, it just, it's like, she just got so much quieter in such a short period of time. And it wasn't because I reprogrammed that part of my brain. It wasn't because I rewrote the story. It's because I went, Hey, I hear you. I'm here for you now. I'm sorry that I've been, you know, making you wrong or thinking I needed to change you. Like I get that you just wanted love and to feel safe and I've got you. And yeah, it's this really amazing thing that happens when you start embracing that kind of work. So that's, I'd say, where worthiness stuff comes from. It's not so much something you need to change. It's something you should really just look at. If you're not feeling worthy, how can you love on yourself really freaking hard? You know? Yeah. I, it's funny. I'm smiling. The reason why I'm smiling is because when we finished our, our coaching time together, literally on our last call, you taught me about acknowledgements. And that's what you're saying right now is literally acknowledging the part that feels, you know, any kind of emptiness or lack of worthiness or just any kind of scarcity whatsoever. And it's like, it's the acknowledging of that because it is in a sense, a cry for help. Like it is a cry for attention of like, Hey, I'm trying to tell you something and you're not listening and you're overcompensating by doing X, Y, and Z and working harder and you know, just trying to like skirt under the bullshit, like listen to me, like that is the root, that is the the wound for lack of a better word. And so I know that that's something really huge that you taught me was the power of acknowledgements and just acknowledging ourselves for what we've accomplished, what we've been through in our life. And just, it's, it's amazing. I still remember that conversation. Actually, I think this was, this was actually when we had our podcast interview and we talked about acknowledgements because I think you interviewed me on your channel and you asked me like, yeah, Kayla, I remember when I first asked you to acknowledge yourself, you hesitated and now you're willing to do it and it it becomes an access point. Yeah. It's also like such a great way. This is one of the big things that really shifted for me, you know, in terms of making more money was uh, confidence building through what Kayla's talking about. The acknowledgement practice is like really getting very clear, like reminding myself every day of what my value is and why, like, so I'm going into a mastermind launch next week and I just know what my value is. I know why people want to work with me. I believe so wholeheartedly in my ability to help people with their businesses and with all of this kind of stuff. Uh, But I had to build that because two years ago, I didn't believe it, right? I was too stuck in thought patterns around what is other, what are other people doing? And this person's, you know, making more money than me. And that person has a different approach and maybe hers is better. And like so much questioning that I was trying to fill with an amount of money that I, I thought once I hit 10K a month, then I'll just be so confident this will be easy. And so you can imagine my surprise when I was making 10K a month and I still felt really not very confident, you know, in a lot of different areas. So once I started really feeding into myself in that way, it just, it's really built over time. And I'm kind of at this like all time high where the way in which I approach coaching people in their business um, is very unique to me. And in that method that I've kind of, you know, developed, I believe I'm like the person to speak to it, you know, in the entire world. I don't believe there's anybody else talking about, you know, mindset and marketing exactly the way that I am. And this is actually, I have a workshop coming up next week called Your Rich Niche. And this is what it's all about essentially is like, how can you figure out what the message is that you are honestly the best in the world at? 
right? Um, because when you do that, you just, you're so filled. You're not looking for validation from anybody else. You've got like the neurological hardwiring where it's like, I just know, I know that I'm the best, <laughs> you know, I know that I'm the best to help the people that are going to be drawn to me. Um, and that all started with this daily acknowledgement practice of starting to fill up my own cup rather than thinking that some amount of money was going to do it for me because <laughs> it didn't. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm so happy that you're, that you're sharing this. And I think that this, this ability to acknowledge ourselves and really recognize that we are so unique individually and especially in the, the online business world and as coaches it's really fucking easy to look around and be like there's already manifestation coaches there's a shitload of business coaches there's this there's that the the world is oversaturated there's no place for me no one can do what you're doing the way that you do it and i really think until we actually embrace that like no matter who you are you might not be a business owner listening to this you might be a mom you might be a student you might be whoever and whatever, but it's like people totally underestimate the power in their own uniqueness. And, you know, there's reasons why people will resonate with one person over another. It doesn't mean that the other person is bad or wrong or not doing it how it should be done. It literally just means that they resonate with that person. It means nothing more and nothing less but that. Comparison is such a bizarre thing because like we're no matter what you're comparing apples to oranges always, because even if someone has a very similar business to you and they're serving the same kinds of people, they're not doing it the way that you are period. Like even, even with very similar messaging, they're not you delivering it and your people are going to resonate with you and their people are going to resonate with them. And I had someone ask not that long ago, like, you know, what's the, what's sort of like the competition like, I'm like, I don't know. Why don't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what anybody else is doing. If anything, someone else doing something similar to me and, you know, making more money, that's just evidence that I can do it too. Like it doesn't have to mean anything about my ability to make lots of money. Um, and the more that you really believe, like the coach I have right now, we do have very, very similar businesses, um, and similar messages, but I still just know that like her coaching style is obviously going to be different than mine. And mine is going to resonate with certain people and hers is going to resonate with others. And there's room for all of us, you know? Uh, yeah. No, I think, I think that's so important that you, that you pointed that out. It's just the importance of embracing who we are uniquely. And the fact that you talked about competition as well. I've had people ask me like, Kayla, how do you feel about, you know, the competitiveness in the coaching world? And I'm like, I'm not saying this to be arrogant, but I don't believe that there is competition. And thank God I've actually learned from my mentors, like, like multimillionaires, we're talking Amanda Francis and Catherine Zinkina say the same thing all the time. There's no competition because no one can do what you are doing as you, right? Yeah. And, and like you said, we've talked about stories quite a bit. And I think just in case maybe somebody's listening and they haven't heard of this concept before, how do you describe stories to people? Because this, our whole conversation is like, we're talking about worthiness, we're talking about stories, we're talking about, you know, really just what we believe in. How would you describe stories to someone so they can start using that as a tool in their life to shift what they believe about themselves? Yeah, so the story is, you know, there's, there's something that happens that takes place or a circumstance that you have in your life. And we talk about it as if, you know, it is this way. So I have X amount of debt and it's bad, right? The reality is, is that you have X amount of debt. That's 
that's what there is. That it doesn't literally mean anything. Your story about it is that it's bad, which isn't actually true. And actually, um, uh, Tara and I, who's uh, Tara's a friend of Kayla's, uh, we were talking about this the other day because I, at this point, have more debt in my business because I've hired this coach this year. Um, but she had some at the end of last month, and her story about it was so significant and so like I'm bad and I'm wrong. She's been talking about it, so I know that she wouldn't mind me sharing it. But I'm bad and I'm wrong and I'm an imposter and like because of this I can't move forward and blah 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 blah. That's her story about it, and for her, like that's real and it's preventing her from making money and whatever me on the other hand have like way more, but my story is that it's actually the reason I'm going to start hitting hundred K months because I was able to make that right. So two drastically different stories about similar circumstances. Um, and so it, the story is just the way in which you're choosing to perceive a certain reality or a certain circumstance. And you always get to choose, you know, like I really, the example I often give is like last year, when the, when the pandemic happened, you know, I decided that it meant I was going to make more money than ever. And I could have very easily decided that it meant the opposite. Right. But I, but I didn't, I thought, okay, cool. Like I'm going to decide to make more money than ever. Here's the reasons that I think that that's possible because you can always find evidence for either story. Uh, and then as a result, you know, like 2020 really took off for me, but I easily could have decided that because of the pandemic, people didn't have as much money and they were unsure and, you know, they were too stressed to invest in their business and in themselves and blah, blah, blah. And that would have become true for me. It would have been a self-fulfilling prophecy. So your story is just what you, how you choose to perceive a certain circumstance. Um, and you know, they're always self-fulfilling prophecies. You can always choose again. Yeah. And I think, yeah, what you said was so perfect because I'm in a similar situation in the sense that I, in terms of money mindset, like I was grappling with, okay, I want to move forward in my business. I know it's going to take me expanding and making investments, but there's a difference between making an investment from a story of having debt is bad and I should save before I spend money versus I'm going to trust that making this investment is going to expand me to the next level. And so, you know, logically, I, so I signed up for this human design program that I shared with you and it's a nine month program and it's the biggest investment I've ever made in my business. Like it's 25 grand Canadian, which is huge. And like, if you look at my business right now and like my financial situation, logically, it makes absolutely no sense to do that. And it might come across as irresponsible. And I know that some people would be like, why would you do that, Gayla? Like you don't need another certification. And I'm like, I'm really trusting my gut that I want to learn this and I want to learn how to grow my business from my own human design. And this is something that's important to me. And so I've taken this on and I've never felt so calm about taking on this debt. And even though it's monthly payments, I'm like, all I have to do is manifest like $1,500 a month to cover this, which is more than my rent, which is like kind of crazy. And some lenses, like people be like, that's ridiculous. But for me, I was like, no, like, how can I, how can I make more rather than focusing on how can I spend less? I'm like, okay, I want this. How can I make more and expand? And, you know, me realizing that I've, I've paid off debt before. Like I paid off over $20,000 in debt with student loans. Right. And it's just like, and then I'm like, and then here I go again, expanding even more. And I'm like, if I fucking paid off debt before, I'm going to do it again. Like, just watch me. And I'm just refusing that to, to hold me back whatsoever. Well, that was, what was interesting for me is, is I had debt and I manifested it away last year. And I realized how significant I had made it. And that like, when I decided to pay it off, I just paid it off. And it was like, not, it took a few months. And I was like, for years, 
I have been in a story about this and now, and what it really did for me was transform my relationship with debt. So when I, when the right coach came along and I decided like, this is how I'm going to expand, it was a no brainer for me. And it hasn't caused me any stress at all because I'm like, this is just a temporary tool. So that's just a perfect example of like, your story about the debt is that it's not a big deal. It means that you're expanding. It's an opportunity. Somebody else's story is like, oh, well, that's irresponsible and that's crazy and blow, but that's all their crap. Like you don't have to take that on. Right. Um, and for me, I have expanded, you know, relatively quickly. I mean, I've really changed my life in a short period of time in drastic ways, especially my financial reality. It has for me always come because I invested first and earned later, <laughs> which isn't everybody's path, but it it's kind of like, you know, lit this fire for me and also allowed me to invest in coaches at a level that I, I wouldn't have been able to, because I was never going to be someone with, you know, tons of money sitting around. I mean, now I am because I've changed things, but if I had tried to save the money that I invested in my business in the first year, I just never would have. I was not that person really, you know, that would be like, Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Sitting here like that. So I had to do it the other way and that's really worked for me. I'm, I'm in the totally same boat. And it's funny last night, again, I was like writing copy and I was writing about how I used to have this belief because I was told you should save your money, Kayla, you save your money first and then you spend it. Right. And you do this, this, and this, and that felt so restrictive for me. And so I would resist it naturally because that's, that's not how it was meant to operate essentially. And so I was like thinking about it and I was like, yeah, like what if I had, you know, let's say two years ago and I started growing my business and I started investing in myself and, you know, really diving into coaching and just spending money. What if I had just saved all that money and I just had it sitting in an account right now? Like who would I be right now? And I was like looking at the growth that I've had in the last two to seven years since I really got into personal development. Like I've spent like thousands of dollars, like in my degree was like 40 grand at least. So I have easily spent that again on courses and certifications and business things. And I'm like, yeah, would I trade having that money in my account for the growth and who I am now? No, I would a hundred percent choose who I am now, where I'm going, what my goals are, what I've learned over having that money sitting in my account. And I also acknowledge that that is a very this or that situation, right? So I totally acknowledge that. And I totally acknowledge it comes from a place of privilege as well. And so now what I'm playing with is that I can have it all. I can feel safe and empowered to take on debt, invest in myself, and I get to make money and create streams of income for savings. Like it's just this massive realm of overflow that I'm committed to creating and showing other people how to do the same. Yeah, no, I, I completely, I completely agree. And uh, I mean, it's just a good example of the story. You always get a chance to choose what the story is that you're telling. And that's like, I mean, it shows up everywhere in our lives, especially where other people come into play because we, someone might say something to you and, or let's say like your partner, you know, I don't know, doesn't forget, forgets an anniversary. Let's just say your story could be like, he doesn't love me. I know he doesn't care. He didn't even care enough to blah, 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 blah. He's not, he's never gonna, like, you could make it this whole significant thing, or you could ask him be like, Hey, like what went on here? And he could literally just be like, I'm sorry. I got so stressed that it like, like it could literally be nothing, but the story is like what we're making. It's just so significant. Women do this with guys all the time, especially around like texting, like he took two hours to text me back. And that means that he's probably talking to other girls and I can't trust guys and guys only want one thing. And he's not willing to put the time in and da, 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 da. It's like, no, he probably just was a being a guy. Like, 
just didn't answer his phone. That's all that happened. He didn't look at his phone, but your story is like laid in with it. So yeah, I mean, it's just really powerful to always look. I mean, and for me, you know, I set an intention at the beginning of the year to make hundred K in a month. And I really quickly picked up on the stories that I had about how that was going to be possible for me. And the first one I noticed was like, it's probably going to take a long time, right? Like it, there's a lot of things that like have to come into place. I've never even gotten close to that. And I don't know when it's going to manifest. It literally could be this month. It could be in a year from now, but it's not actually true that it has to take a long time. There's lots of people that jump up to hundred K months very, very quickly. It could happen you know, very quickly if it's meant to, but inside the story that it can't, it won't. Yeah. Right? So I recognized that and was like, I'm going to let that go and replace it instead with like, it's going to happen as soon as it is available. Like as soon as possible, that hundred K in a month will be mine. And then some or whatever, as opposed to like, it has to take a long time, which will be a self-fulfilling prophecy. I know. Right. Oh my goodness. So one of the things I remember you sharing a lot of as you were up and coming and growing in your business was like these calculated ways of making money. Like, okay, if I have X amount of people coming to this program or do this many sales and whatever, then I will have this amount of money. And I just remember you sharing so many times, especially because you're really amazing at launching, right? And that involves opening and closing a cart and, you know, there's just, there's only so much that's in your control and it really is about receiving at that point. So I'm just curious what what realm and like what lens or what story did you start telling yourself to allow yourself to receive instead of trying to calculate how it would happen and figuring out the how? I mean, I still do calculate, but it's more from a place of like just seeing it as being possible. So like I'm, I'm launching, you know, a mastermind next week and I've looked at the different ways that those numbers could pretty quickly add up to hundred K. Um, it doesn't mean that I'm like going to try and force it though. It's just like, oh yeah, I could see that being totally possible. Like it eases things for me. Whereas I used to try and it was more of a control thing. Right. Um, I think that the way though, I've allowed myself to just be more in receiving is looking back and seeing that all of my attempts to control how things came, not one of them has not one has worked in terms of like, when my best money months have been, how many people are in different programs, how many people signed up for this, what tier they came in on, how much they paid, when they paid, if they paid in full. None of it has ever happened the way that I thought that it would, um, both the small intentions and the bigger ones as well. And so letting go more and more of like that control and just being like, it's going to happen exactly as it's supposed to. There's a lot of freedom in that. And then you don't kind of like choke hold the universe by saying like, you know, this is cause really us trying to control things is it's coming out of a lack of trust, right? So if I set an intention for hundred K in a month, or maybe it's 10 K for you guys or whatever, if I set that intention and I, you know, don't really believe that it's going to come, then that's when it's like, okay, well, how can I force it to be now? Right. I need this many people and I'm going to insist that they come and I'm going to try and like believe in it no matter what. That's all coming from like, uh, I don't trust that the universe knows how to bring this to me better than I do. Right. As opposed to like, I've set that intention. It's a done deal. It's a, it is inevitable that as long as I keep working towards that, it is going to happen. And like everything else, it'll happen exactly when it's meant to. And when I look back, it'll be like, it makes perfect sense to me why it happened that way. And so in that, there's just a lot less need to control because I have trust 
right? Whereas in the past, I didn't really trust that, you know, it was coming in divine perfect timing. I believed that it should happen now when my ego wanted it to. And within that was like, well, I need this many people in this program so that it can happen now because I'm not trusting that the universe knows what's best. Right. Yeah. Um, tons of stress. It was tons of like forcing and hustling and never even worked anyways. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. I mean, just priceless lessons coming out of that, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's a really amazing book that I read last year by Tasha Silver and it's called, It's Not Your Money. Have you heard of it? Yeah. I, uh, I found that when I was actually traveling in Italy and it was such a savior to me because I was still... I was still just like such in a place of like fear and control about money. And like, it allowed me to just like, let go and be like, it's all fine. Like it's all going to work out. The universe has got you. And yeah. Anyways, love that book. She has another one called Outrageous Openness. Have you read that one? No. That one's more about like the surrender of like trying to figure it all out all the time and allowing things to kind of unfold for you. That's also been a real game changer for me is like, I, you know, set the intention for a million dollar business long, long, long time before I could have had any idea of how and when it was supposed to happen. And now I'm really seeing like things unfold for me, but I've let them, I haven't tried to, I have this very clear vision of my, of my business now, but even a couple of months ago, I couldn't see it. And so instead of trying to force you know, trying to figure it out. I just kind of let go a little bit. And now it's all been revealed to me and the right people are coming in and the ideas are coming and the structure is coming. Like it all makes so much sense, but I've let like that grid fill in as Abraham would say, rather than trying to like, you know, bang it into place on my own. <laughs> yeah. Makes- yeah. Yeah. And I think one of the biggest things that I got from the book is not your money is, is literally surrendering it over to the universe that there's so many things that we cannot control. Mm-hmm. And when you, when you can look at it from a lens of this is out of your control, it's not yours. It's not your problem. It's not, it's like just, just letting it go of the attachment of trying to like manipulate and change it. And then when it's so funny, cause when I was reading this and realizing like, yeah, like this isn't mine, like these worries, like the figuring out the how, if I knew how to do it, I would have done it already. And so that, that allowed me to like, that allows me to disassociate and, and then that creates space, right? And then that's where, like you said, like you literally just did that where you're like, okay, you know, you weren't sure how it was going to go. And then you just kind of let go. And then all of a sudden the ideas came and you started hiring people on your team. And then it's just like, it's like the possibility can breathe. Like the the possibility of like what we want in our life, like more money, a business or a partner or a career, whatever it is, when we give it space to breathe, like it's like a fucking separate entity. Like as a human being, we have to breathe. Like if you're all up on top of someone and you're strangling them and you're trying to control them, like, I know that's like a twisted metaphor, but I'm serious. It's like, like, how, how can they breathe? How can they move? How can they talk? How can they fucking do anything if we're literally on top of it, trying to control it? So I think that, that, that this whole concept of like, I think people get really hung up. They think surrender means giving up, but it it literally just means backing away, like giving space and like asking like, can this possibility of what I want, like, can it breathe right now? Like, how can I give it more life? Yeah. And, and it's not like, you're not surrendering the desire. You're surrendering, trying to force the desire in. So it's like, to me, letting go or surrendering or having trust. It's like, I, at the end of the day, still create my reality. Like I, I have that right. I get to think about what I want. I get to set intentions for it. Um, but 
like I said, it's never worked trying. You, I, I do really like that metaphor of like literally being up on top of someone and maybe like, excuse me, like, let me do my own thing here. And when you give it that space, that's when just everything starts to align on its own. Uh, and it's so much more fun too. So I actually really encourage people to look at their business, like Kayla said, as a separate entity. Like entity. We try to we make it so much about us. It's really not about us. And I'm actually going to be undergoing like a big rebranding uh, in the next few months where it's not going to be a personal brand. It's going to be more like just, yeah, more not about me because even though it's my business, it's like, I want it to be this thing that le- that lives and breathes on its own and other people get to contribute and I just kind of water it, you know, um, which feels so much more freeing and aligned. And it's taken, you know, a few years to get to that, to that point. But also like, a few years ago, you know, I did have a lot of struggle and things changed drastically for me when I got to a point where when I, everything I'd been trying to force was not working and I finally let go enough where all I did, I held the vision. I, you know, was like, I want to make my first 10 K month. I want to be able to leave Toronto and do some traveling. Um, but I can't see how that's possible. And I've been trying to make it happen and it's not. So I held that vision and then I really just invited the universe in to show me. And that's when I had my my idea for my LBA program come out of nowhere, which then like a few weeks later had 20 people in it. I'd made like 15 grand out of nowhere. And my whole life changed with allowing the universe enough space to come in and help me out, which is not what I'd been doing previously. Yeah. This is something that I, I, I just, I never imagined years ago that I would be an entrepreneur. I never thought I would be a business owner. I just had this whole story that having a business was, you know, hard work and it was hustle and grind. It was like a very masculine experience that it was still a corporate experience. And one thing I just, I just find so freeing about being an entrepreneur and growing your own business is that it is a lot of work. That doesn't mean it's a bad thing. It's just a lot of growth. And there's just so much freedom and spirituality involved of just trusting and, you know, a lot of flow. And I think that this is why there's so many female entrepreneurs just exploding into the world, you know, because they get to nurture something that is outside of them, but also a part of them. Like it's like your own child in a sense without the dirty diapers. And well, I mean, this kind of dirty diapers. Like, (laughs) So I, yeah, I don't know. I just, I really, really loved our conversation today, Lauren. And I really love just I, I am so thankful that I have women in my life who I, I got to watch them grow from the beginning because it's just a totally different experience than like discovering multimillionaires when they're five or 10 years into their business. It's a different, it's a different way to relate, you know? And, and so I really, I want to thank you for coming on today. And I would love if you can share with the audience. I know you were talking about your mastermind coming up. If you can share, you know, if you're doing a live stream or anything, how they can sign up, find out more, get connected with you. That would be awesome. Yeah. So I think on the day that, that you said this is uh, launching, I'm doing day one of three of a free workshop called Your Rich Niche. And it's, you know, everything we've been talking about today in regards of, in regards to really figuring out what you are the best in the world at and leading with that, because we just so much of the time, and this doesn't matter if you're brand new to your business or you're already making six figures, more money will come as a result of you leaning more into your personal magic and also knowing how to package it in a way that really speaks to people. So that's starting today. Um, there will be replays up for a couple of weeks so people can, you know, come and join us. Um, and I'm sure, uh, um, Kayla, 
parking lot. We'll link all that down below for you guys. But then, yeah, I have a, a mastermind launching. It's called the Aligned Mastermind. And I'll be promoting it for most of March, but it's six months and it's really for people that are online business owners, coaches, course creators, like I said. Uh, and it's for people that are wanting to move into 15 and 20K months. And I'm just, I'm so excited uh, because I just, I don't know, I just feel really confident about going into this level of my business and serving people at this level and just these kinds of conversations where people are really shooting for 20K months, you know, which everybody deserves. and. I will say like, I really enjoy making a lot of money. And there was a big shift for me between 10K and 20K months where it was like with 20K, I felt like I could buy the really nice things. And I felt like I could give myself permission to, you know, live in a big two bedroom apartment by myself and have the Mercedes. And like, it, it is as much as I talk about money, isn't you it does allow you to be more of who you really are. You know, more money has allowed me to just embrace who like more of who I really am rather than having to make decisions out of not having enough money. So, you know, all, all of it aside, I do really love and encourage women to uh, make more money <laughs> and, and give yourself permission because it does feel it just like the more I get into a uh, create a life, sorry, the more I get into creating a life for myself that isn't run by money, the more I like want other people to experience it because it just is so freeing anyway. So that's what the mastermind is all about. But yeah, I mean, I have my own podcast called The Aligned Entrepreneur and people can find me on Instagram at Lauren C. Saunders. Thank you. Oh, I'm so excited to hear how this mastermind and everything goes. Like you're always creating and sharing the best things. And it's like, it's so fun to watch you, your passion and your commitment and your authenticity and just the willingness, the work that you do. Like, obviously I highly recommend working with Lauren because I worked with her. So there's my biased, shameless plug to you, Lauren. So go and check out her, her workshop. Okay. So I just want to thank, yeah, you're so welcome. I just want to invite the listeners, if you can like and subscribe and leave a comment, or if you share this on Instagram, you can tag both of us. We'd love to hear what you think and what you learned from this. So I just want to thank you for listening and we'll chat with you in the next episode.